Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, y'all. This is Joe Tower, and you're listening to Tales of Mel Folly, the podcast. True stories told live that aim to put the shame and embarrassment back into being a man. Each episode of this podcast, we will feature one new story told by one new storyteller, recorded live at one of our past L.A.-based storytelling shows of the same name. These stories are presented to you here, now, as is. I personally guarantee that what you're about to hear is 100% unedited and unfucked with. For all our deets, visit us at talesofmalefolly.com or scope us on Facebook, Tumblr, or Instagram. You can't find us on Twitter because, come on, Twitter is dead. Word. Enough idle chit-chat and shit. Let's get down on some folly. Okay, so for a short bit, our live show found itself without a venue. We were a man, ha ha ha, without a country. Subsequently, we were welcomed into the loving arms of I.O. West, the Los Angeles annex of the very famous Chicago Improv Theater. Now, I.O. West sadly is no more, but their formidable next-gen multimedia house team, Dr. God, is, and one of their stalwart founders is Dave Park. Now, to see Dave Park is to assume that he's like a professional wrestler whose gimmick is cool guy, but to know him is to know a dude who is both sweet and kind. I mean, don't make a mistake, he could probably still fuck you up, so don't piss him off but he's easily one of the funniest and nicest dudes I've ever met. From our special show in September of last year at Iowa West, May Ye Rest in Peace, featuring the members of Dr. God, I bring you Dave Park, the Deep Park Chopra, and his tale of how some grotesque circumstances created a special encounter. This is Dave Park's Tale of Male Folly. Uh, it's a strange and exhilarating and tragic thing to live in uh, Hollywood, right? It's a strange and tragic and exhilarating thing to, uh, to lose your dad. It's a strange and tragic and exhilarating thing to have the SWAT team show up at your uh, apartment at four in the morning. Uh, all those things happen to me here in Hollywood. Uh, I'm going to take this off because it's way easier to do it that way. Um, uh, when I first moved here to Hollywood, uh, I took a job, like many people take a job. Uh, I was a building manager down the street here on a certain street known as Yucca, uh, which was featured in the movie Swingers, uh, uh, but Yucca and El Cerrito. And uh, I, I was uh, graced with the wonderful situations as, as such as getting woken up in the middle of the night because uh, an actual clown car full of clowns was broken down inside of the, uh, the, the parking garage. Uh, it, was, it was an actual Herbie Goes Bananas car. Um, and they just called me up. They said, hey, we're, we're, we're stuck. We have to go to a gig in Pomona. Did not know that there was going to be like 15 clowns inside of it. Um, not 15, but like five. Like too many clowns for, you know, a Volkswagen Beetle. 
And there I am, bleary-eyed, thinking, am I dreaming? Am I hallucinating? Am I on mushrooms? But no, there was an actual clown car. Clowns came back again another night when um, I woke up to the uh, call from a, a gentleman who had been living in the penthouse underneath the jacuzzi on the top level, who uh, his apartment was festooned with clown Hummels. Uh, Hummels are porcelain figurines from Germany. Uh, every uh, surface in his uh, penthouse was covered in Hummels. He had a waterbed, ironically, under the jacuzzi, and the jacuzzi was leaking onto the waterbed, and his partner, who was sick and, and, and dying, was sleeping on the waterbed, and there was a bucket on the waterbed that the jacuzzi was leaking into, dripping water with Hummels surrounding it. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me it was an emergency? And he said, it wasn't. He didn't know. He can't tell. He's all drugged up. Uh, and I said, well, it's an emergency in, in my book. And he said, don't worry about it. It's, it's fine. He's going to die soon. Uh, <laughs> later, I caught him stealing clothes without his pants on in the laundry room. Uh, and I had to show him footage of, of him drugged up, stealing clothes without his pants on. And we had to evict him. Why do I bring this up? Because uh, <laughs> around this point in time, uh, my dad got sick and, and passed away uh, of cancer. And I, I decided I was going to move out, live on my own. So I moved down the street, right down the street here, in Charlie Chaplin's old building, which is uh, uh, nary a stone's throw away from uh, Iowa West. It's the pink building uh, right down here. It used to house uh, uh, silent film actors back in the silent film era. Uh, there was, uh, and maybe there still is, I haven't frequented this establishment in, in uh, many a moon, but uh, there was a, a, a New Orleans Saints bar called 504 over there. Um, there was a place called No Vacancy in the basement. I moved in there in, uh, in a tizzy when my dad was in the ICU. I just uh, needed to find a place to stay. It was a studio apartment. I, I worked uh, as a production, uh, as a producer nearby in walking distance. I said, this is the place for me. So I moved in, uh, went back to Texas to take care of my dad, and uh, came back, went to a wedding in South America because uh, I was like, this will be a nice palate cleanser, as it were, a spicy one at that. Uh, and <laughs> sure, why not, you know? Indul indulge in that metaphor. <laughs> I came back, and uh, I hadn't done a lot of laundry. And so there I am, uh, sleeping, uh, the, the, the slumber of, uh, you know, you're tired after, you know, you, you go to South America. And uh, I, I get a knock on the door around about 4, 4.30 in the morning, and I hear, you know, said knock. Police! Oh, what up? And I just, uh, I'm naked, I like to sleep uh, all natural. And I'm thinking, oh, it's some fucking friend, like some of these ding-dongs over here, you know, got in the building and are, you know, pulling some prankums on me. And, uh, and then I look through the peephole, and no, there's a guy with an AR-15 who looks like a proper cop, and it's not Halloween, it's January, which, you know, for L.A. is colder, anyway. And, uh, and, he's, and he says, there's a shooter loose in the building. Get out! And I said, aren't I safer in here than I would be out there? Because it's a, like a reinforced building. Like, it's an old 1920s building. And he said, stop back-talking me, boy, and put your britches on. <laughs> and I said, okay, okay, just give me a second. And I, as I said, I hadn't done my laundry, so I have, like, a pile of ponchos that I bought. Like, really nice, like a nice, like, South American poncho. 
that I was going to dry clean. Like, it was like I put my work clothes in there. I had to work the next day. Because I got in, like, on a Monday, and it was Monday going into Tuesday. And uh, all my, like, work clothes were in the, in, in the washer and dryer. And so I'm look, looking around, and I, I, I can't figure out what to, what to, to get. I don't want to turn the lights on because the shooter's going to, you know, shoot me. And so I grab the poncho, and then he knocks on it again. He's like, you're taking longer than the fucking women are to get dressed. Hurry the fuck up. So I throw the poncho on and some sweatpant pajamas and some Timberland boots that I had and a ski cap. And I open the door, and he, like, gives me the once-over, and he's like, that's what you're going to wear? And I was like, you're going to criticize me after you call me, a, like, a woman? And, and then I tried to give him advice, because I'd been up to the roof uh, many a time. I was like, look, like, up on the roof, because I would go up there and get high and look at the sunset and stuff. I didn't tell him that part. But I was like, up on the roof, there's, like, all these air conditioning units, and, like, he could be hiding up there, like, you know, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Heat, and, like, he's probably up there. And he's like, don't tell me how to do my job. And I was like, all right. He's like, just get the fuck down the stairs. And I was like, okay, Jesus Christ. And so I, I, I go down the stairs, and I was like, is the stairs safer than the elevator? He's like, just go down there, motherfucker! As I was on the top floor. So I go down there, and I get to the, the base level, and there's a guy who's like the prototypical detective. He's in a, like a long trench coat, smoking a cigarette, cup of coffee, next to you know, like a paddy wagon or whatever. And he's like, got a pad, and he's like, so you're on the fourth floor, huh? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, 401. He's like, what can you tell me about the people in 301? I was like, uh, I don't know. He's like, they're dead. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, one of them anyway. We don't know about the other one. He's, and I was like, well, that's horrible. He's like, yeah, uh, you know, so-and-so, I won't say their names or whatever. Probably shot the other one. He's all barricaded in there. We can't tell what's going on. They got a couple dogs. You know anything about the dogs? And I was like, no, I just saw them with the dogs. Well, we can't account for the dogs either. And I was like, what the fuck are you telling me about the dogs for? Like, yeah, like, I, I would see them in the elevator. I don't know. Well, it's a shit show up there. And I was like, okay, I have to go to work. He's like, where do you work? He, like, looked at me like I was a crazy person because I kind of looked like one. And I said, well, I work down the street. I worked at a TV uh, uh, network down the street. And he's like, you're going to go work like that? And I said, no, probably not. And he said, well, you can go down to the, uh, the station on Wilcox. There's hot coffee and a bench. And I was like... <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to go to, like, Kitchen 24 or something like that. He's like, probably a better choice. So I walk down to Kitchen 24. The one night of the week that Kitchen 24 is not open is on Tuesday mornings when they clean. So I was not allowed in Kitchen 24. They have all the, the buffers and the cleaners and the cleansers going. So I walk down to Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box won't let me in because I look like a vagrant. <laughs> so then I walk all the way up here to 7-Eleven, and, and I get a... a, a iced tea, one of those like gigantic 99 cent iced teas. I call my sister who lives back east. I tell her to look on CNN. Apparently it's on CNN. And I'm freezing. Uh, again, you know, LA freezing. But it's cold, you know. It's January in LA. And, uh, and then I realized the one place that's open at this time of day, because at this point, it's around about 5.30, 5.45, is a, a non-existent place now. But there used to be a place right over here on Selma and Cahuenga, known as the Spotlight. Now, this, okay, we have some Spotlight fans out here. Now, the Spotlight was a, uh, a dive bar. It was a gay dive bar. And uh, uh, certain people in Dr. God informed me that it was a gay dive bar that was centered towards or uh, f featured a lot of people that went to prison and came out of prison. 
uh, or people that potentially uh, went uh, into that lifestyle in prison and got out and enjoyed that lifestyle outside of prison. Whatever the case may be, there was a line outside of the spotlight at that point in time. And I was like, that's a warm place to go. And they did not turn me away. They let me right in. And I sat down at the bar, and my apartment down the street was on the TV monitor in there. And I sat down, and they said, can you believe this, right? It's right down the street. And I said, that's my apartment. And they said, oh, honey, free Irish coffees for you all morning. <laughs> so they started giving me Irish coffees. And so at that point, I started texting my boss, because I'm half in the bag. And I let him know I took a picture of myself. I said, look at CNN, look at KCAL 9. Like, I look like this. Do you want me to come, at, come to work half in the bag? Da, 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 da. And he's like, no, take the day off. You're fine. Now, at this point, a gentleman who I can describe as Jeff Sessions, if Jeff Sessions were out of the closet <laughs> and owned a jazz club in downtown L.A. <laughs> and were drunk all the time, and had like a weird sober driver who took him around all over the place, sat down next to me, and who he had a name like that. It was like, not B like Beauregard, but like Portafoy Augustus Preston Third or something like that. Sits down next to me, and he's like, well, what's your story, Barry man? And I told him what had happened, and, uh, and then another gentleman sat down next to me who looked like Frederick Douglass, or like, he, he looked like a, a, a Danny Glover in Beloved. <laughs> he had, the, he had the, the haircut and everything. And so gay Jeff Sessions started calling Danny Glover from Beloved, boy. And it got really awkward really fast, and his name was Michael, and they knew each other, and the, the rich gay Jeff Sessions knew Michael. <laughs> And there was this weird, like, cantankerous sort of homosexual tension between them. And I, I was like, it's not cool you're calling him, like, boy. I, and again, like, I'm pretty drunk at this point. And he's like, no, it's okay, it's okay. And it, it went back and forth and back and forth. And eventually it came out that, uh, you know, Portafor Beauregard, or whatever the hell his name was, owned this bar. And he said, this is the first bar that ever accepted me as a gay gentleman in Los Angeles. And I said, well, that's wonderful. He said, yeah, but I'm going to tear it down. I said, what do you mean? Money, honey, that's what it's all about. I said, what do you mean? I'm going to put in a boutique hotel and a fantastic, wonderful nightclub. I don't give a shit. And Michael, like, at this point, started kind of crying about it because... He said that this was the first place when he got out of prison that accepted him as an ex-con. And so it became this like intensely emotional thing, at which point a friend of mine, because I'd been tweeting about it, uh, showed up who'd been working out at the LA Fitness down the street, who was sober. He came in. At this point, it's like 8 a.m. <laughs> he sits down next to me, and I'm like, oh my god, this is, oh, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry, Michael. Portafoy, how could you do this? Why are you, why can't you guys just get together and if this means so much to you, how can you destroy it? And, and at that point, Michael, AKA uh, Danny Glover, 
uh, he just says, I introduced him to my other friend, uh, Dave, and I said, Dave, this is Michael, and that's Portafoy, and he's going to tear this place down, and Michael loves it. At which point, Michael turns to me, and he said, nice to meet you. He's like, nice to meet you, Dave. Oh, the Dave. Uh, so, Herod, Dave, tell me about your dick. It's <laughs> like, what? Just tell me about it. <laughs> and at which point, my uh, sober friend, Dave, was like, all right, we're going to go. We're going right now. We're going, he put a $20 bill down on there, and he took me to his place, in which I, I napped, and I went back to my uh, apartment at that point. The standoff had ended. Uh, uh, the guy had turned himself in, and uh, uh, sadly, I, I was in the elevator when his, uh, the, 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 not the victim of the, uh, the family's victim, but the perpetrator, the murderer's family, was there to pick up the dogs. So they're in the elevator, they're talking to the police to pick the dogs up. We get out of the elevator, I see, and they have carved out, like, all of the pieces, like Tetris piece puzzles. Um, Much like uh, American Psycho, they have removed everything, and they are replacing it within five hours of the murders that had taken place there, and are replacing it. And I realized at that moment that two men had destroyed things that they'd loved that day. Not only my neighbor, who killed his girlfriend and shot her in the hallway, but also a portafoy who destroyed the only place that, you know, basically gave him refuge in Los Angeles. Thank you very much. Yeah, what's up? Yo, thank you for peeping this podcast. If you dug what you heard, subscribe to us and rate us. If you hated what you heard, leave us a review and tell us what we can do to appease your unreasonable expectations. JK, haters. Tales of Male Folly, the podcast, is released twice a month and is produced by me, Joe Tower, and executive produced and edited by Mr. Brian Weiss. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, and now Pippa. Tales of Male Folly, the show, is produced every other month at various kick-ass venues in Los Angeles. It's produced and hosted by me, Joe Tower, with the help of Mr. Alex Gaudet and Mr. Brian Weiss. It's presented in partnership with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Los Angeles. If you have questions and would like to hit us up directly, or if you got a story you feel you need to tell in either spoken or written form, please email us at talesofmalefolly at gmail.com. Meanwhile, keep listening, and we hope to see you at a future show. For any and all other inquiries, check us out online at www.talesofmalefolly.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.